0: All right, let us say hello once again to Colby Chaos Covington. His name was in the mix throughout this past week with UFC 288 going down in Newark with the co-main event being what it was. So I figured let's check in with Colby Covington and get get his thoughts on what is currently going down in the UFC's welterweight division. Colby, how are you, man?
1: I'm doing great. I am the welterweight division. You're talking to the current undisputed, undefeated, king of fucking Miami, Donald Trump's favorite fighter, the baddest motherfucker on the planet right now and the biggest draw by far. And definitely the best looking because you see these other scrubs, they look like shit. So yeah, I am the welterweight division. Let's talk the welterweight division.
0: All right, well, a lot has happened since we spoke a couple of months ago. Dana White continues to double down, triple down, quadruple down that you are next for Leon Edwards and the welterweight title. You were hoping july international fight week maybe sharing the stage at a press conference with john jones but doesn't look like that's happening now but you said you know what they want to do june july august whenever works for me and leon has since come out and said september maybe october so from your perspective what's the latest on this fight right now
1: whenever wherever we stay ready we never got to get ready so it doesn't matter when it's going to be but it, it will be. It's 100% going to happen. I don't know how many times the MMA media dorks need to hear it. Dana's triple, quadruple down. I don't know why they keep asking him. Like, he's going to change his answer. He knows what's best for business and this fight's going to get done, hopefully, as soon as possible. I'm hoping August. That's that's my hope. You know, he turned down July and a home date in London, which, which is sad because, you know, the people of London are great, passionate fans and they deserve a big homecoming show, a pay-per-view. I mean, they got a fight night and that's going to be a good show still, but Why not give him a welterweight, undisputed uh, welterweight title fight? Leon robbed him of that. So, you know, Leon doesn't even like his people. He hates his people in in London and the UK. And it's sad because those people are great people and and some of the most diehard fans I've ever witnessed in my life, in my career, going into an arena. So, you know, it it sucks. But, you know, now it's got to be on U.S. soil. Now he's got to come here like Cornwallis and surrender, just like at Yorktown.
0: So so July 22nd, there was obviously those reports that this is what the UFC was kind of hoping would emerge, you and Leon fighting on that London card. So were you actually approached with that date and that card in particular?
1: Yeah, I was approached with that date. You know, me and Dana sat down, we had dinner in Miami when the Miami show was going on. And, and uh, we talked about how he was going to change it from an ESPN fight night to a pay-per-view because he wanted to do right by the fans of London. I mean, those people in the O2 arena are so passionate such good fun loving fans you know they're just they make the i mean they make the environment just that much better and just you know that's so he wanted to you know make good on that he wanted to bring them a good show a pay-per-view headline or you know a title fight instead of just a fight night and you know there's only one person to blame because they wanted it i wanted it i was begging for it to go to enemy territory and bring the wrath of 1776 again you know but there's only one person that didn't want it low iq leon
0: so you're saying hopefully August would be a, a nice time frame looks like they're going to Boston August 19th that seems to be the the targeted city the targeted date for that pay-per-view card and Leon mentioned maybe let's go to Abu Dhabi maybe when they go back in October that's a potential landing spot for this fight how does that idea suit you
1: No Abu Dhabi doesn't make sense you know like there, there there's other fighters that are going to fill up that card you know that are from around that region of the of the world so you know, they have other great fighters over there. You know, the Dagestanis, they're going to occupy that card, and it doesn't make sense for him to fight there. So he doesn't get to call the shots. He's not the boss at the UFC. You know, that's Dana's job, and and leave, leave the big business to him. That's There's a reason no one cares about Leon. He doesn't draw the needle. He doesn't move the needle because because of shit like this. What are you doing, Delane? Why do you want Abu Dhabi, like, seven, eight months later? Like, come out here, defend. Prove that you're the best if you think you're the best. And let's get this going. But it, you know, Abu Dhabi doesn't make sense. Now he's got to come to American soil and surrender.
0: Well, if they do John Jones Stepe at Madison Square Garden in November, that might not be a bad time to have you you and Leon fight, right? You could still get what you want. You get to do it in the Mecca again. But do you want to wait that long?
1: I mean, of course I don't want to wait that long. You know, I've been ready for the last year. You know, I've been begging to fight someone. All these guys are ducking me. Comes out you know, come shot dog face looking motherfucker ran away from my division. Cause he was so scared of me. You know, now we got Leon playing the running game, just like come shot. So, you know, of course I don't want to wait there, but I'm going to do what's best for business. Cause I'm a company, man. I love my company. I love the UFC. They're dear to my heart. They've changed my life. They've given me the American dream that, you know, I never thought I would have coming from a small town in Springfield, Oregon, like I came from. So for them to give that to me, you know, I'm going to always do what's best for them and what's the best business for the UFC. So, whenever they want to get it going, you know. I think they're going to start putting pressure on Leon, like, yo, you don't get to sit out and call the shots. You either come defend the title or we just strip you, and it's the next man in line. So there's plenty of other big fights that can be made. You know, you have, you know, the Rocky Four, me versus uh, Makachev, champ versus champ. You know, that fight sells. You know, Connor's always there and available. You know, the the, the Usman trilogy. There's a lot of great fights out there. So if he sits too long, he's going to get stripped.
0: You think how... How close do you, you think the UFC is to actually putting a fight like you and Makachev together, like a champion versus champion fight? Because I mean, he did fight Volkanovski; it was a great fight. Really, really, uh, I enjoyed that very much. It was—it's one of the most you know, controversial yet highly discussed fights of the year, but Volkanovski is the featherweight champion right now. And technically Makachev has not defended his title against anybody in his division as of right now. So how close do you think that is to the UFC being like, you know what, let's, if, let's just say you win the title in your next fight, how close of a reality do you think that is that you would fight Makachev champion versus champion?
1: I think it's a very realistic uh, possibility, Mike, you know, there was a, conversations backstage and and in, in the past that were had about that you know and if i could make 155 because i'm not a big 170 i don't cut much weight 15 pounds you know 20 pounds max you know if i'm just completely eating as much as i can stuff in my face so, you know, I know we probably walk around around the same weight. You know, he's just a weight bully. He's cutting all that weight to get the advantage at lightweight because there's no wrestlers. There's no guys that can give him any trouble. So, of course, he wants to be in that division. You know, the same division his daddy Khabib used to own. So, you know, there's a reason Khabib never came to 170 and fought welterweights because King Colby's here and he knows I'll stop his wrestling and punch him in the face until he quits.
0: You mentioned that you had dinner with Dana White when the UFC was in Miami. That was a month ago as we speak. And... Israel Adesanya fought Alex Pereira. And in the co event, we had Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Mazadal And we had, this is the fight everybody seemed to be focused on. Once you were announced as the next contender, they're like, well, what if Mazadal beats Gilbert Burns, then we can have that rivalry sort of play out the three piece in the soda and do it that way. And Burns gets the win and Mazdal goes on to retire. What, what was your reaction to that? Did, because I didn't feel like you needed, like, a, a, a sigh of relief once Mazadal lost because Dana kept saying, like, look, I don't care what happens on this card. Colby's fighting for the belt anyways. Mazadal wins or not, Colby's still getting the shot. So what was your reaction once that fight ended and how things played out there?
1: Goodness, not surprised. You know, I retired Jorge hey, Mazadal Street Judas in and, and T-Mobile Arena in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada in uh, March of 2022. So he, he hasn't been the same fighter. You can tell, you know, obviously with... What he did to me, attacked me and, and sucker punched me in the streets and stalked me and hit me from behind because he's a coward. So, you know, he was done then. His ego was gone. You know, his career was gone. He he knew it was over. So he's doing something stupid, you know, being a felon, committing uh, felonies and, and breaking the law. So, you know, he's he, he hasn't been the same. You could tell his body posture. You know, he gave everything when he fought me. He, he came with everything. You know, you could tell he still had the six pack. He was definitely doing some steroids because I used to watch him inject EPO in his ass. But he was definitely on something. I he was because he knew I was his last big main event pay-per-view fight. And He saw what happened. He got the 50-44 in a soda and he was done. He was retired. He literally just showed up for the Gilbert fight for a paycheck. Gilbert's a nice guy. You know, he's a family man. So, you know, I got everybody's got respect for Gilbert. And there's no reason you can't respect that family man.
0: Yeah. And Gilbert, I mean, his, his, have you been surprised? Like Gilbert's had kind a. Of- Putting you over. It's been it's been pretty cool. He's like, Colby's playing it smart. Colby's doing this right. He's doing this right. And he, he hasn't said anything negative about you at all since beating Jorge Mazadal, which I I thought is was pretty interesting. Usually guys are trying to get that fight with you and they're trying to sort of take pot shots at you. And Gilbert's gone the completely different direction.
1: Yeah, you know, because he 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 appreciates my body of work, Mike. You know, look at my resume speaks for itself. If you look at the time all my fights happened, what the rankings of these guys were, top three guys in the world, future first ballot Hall of Famers, you know, champion, challenger, champion, champion, you know, it's just everybody respects what I've done. You know, some people, all the haters can jockey for position, you know, but at the end of the day, all my haters, they're just in denial. And you know, what's weird, Mike, is I thought denial was just a, a river in Egypt.
0: Well, speaking of Gilbert Burns, um, he just fought this past Saturday against Bilal Muhammad. Big fight, came together real quick. I was again like, I thought this was the actual matchup to make for the division. I hated the timing on it. There was no need to rush this fight into existence, in my opinion, especially with you and Leon not even, like, officially announced yet for a date. I just felt like rushing this in on three and a half weeks notice or two and a half weeks notice just didn't make any sense. But in the end, fight happens. Bilal steps in. Gets it done. One-sided fight. Blah defeats Gilbert Burns, and now apparently he's going to be next in line to face the winner of you and Leon Edwards. So, did you watch the fight? And if so, what was your reaction? What did you think of Blah Muhammad's performance? <laughs>
1: Dude, you you think I'm going to watch those fights? There was nothing hyped up or interesting about that fight or, or any fight, really. You know, I I never watch fights as it is, anyways. But you know, I've got bigger business to attend to and to worry about than. Than we're at walk to, you know, the, the prelim gatekeepers in my division. So, you know, I think it's funny that those guys rushed out to have a, a quick training camp and, and turn around into that co main event spot. Like, they, the UFC, did, dude, Mike, do you realize this? the UFC didn't pressure those guys, like, yo, we need you as the co main. No, dude, that was a co main event that was supposed to be at lightweight. So it's not like they pressured those guys, oh, you, you know, you got to save the day and welterweight. Like, you're going to move the needle because those guys don't move the needle. The only needles that Bilal's moving, you know, Bill Lyle is moving the racist is is the needle he puts in his ass with all that growth hormone he's taken it's, it's obvious as day but that's another point in itself but the reason it's just funny that they showed up on short notice do you realize the the guy that really won that night in between that fight was the manager cuz he got paychecks on both sides you know he he sent his fighters out to this short notice fight with nothing in in return it's not like they were getting a title shot. i mean yeah they're saying they're title shot but after me the only thing that's set in stone mike and guaranteed is that i'm fighting for the undisputed world title on my next fight there's no guarantee that they're fighting for the world title in their next fight, so they're gonna have to, you know, he's gonna have to show more activity. He's gonna have to win some high-level fights, some main event fights. Co-main event is, is is still low level. You're not ready for the pressure, the spotlight of carrying a card and and the things you have to do, you know, for media, to main event a fight. So, you know, I just it's funny, man. Like Bill Lau, the racist, because he's clearly racist. He said that I deserve, I got my title shot because the color of my skin is white. The fact that he had that the hate in his heart to press send. And that, that just shows how he really feels like he's a racist. You can't just say that someone uh, deserves someone off the basis of the color of skin. That's despicable. It's gross. And that's, there's no need for that in MMA in general. So Bill Lyle, the racist has no room to talk. And, but you know, that's not the conversation. The conversation is Ali Abdelaziz. He's, pit, he you know, he has all these fighters, he's putting them everywhere. And he's just making promises. Oh yeah, there's going to be a title shot on the line for this fight. No. Why did Gilbert have to fight? three fights in five months why did he rush him out there like that the guy just cut 100 pounds in, in literally three training camps but literally if you think about it probably 20 30 pounds a fight you know and, and he had to do three back-to-back training camps so i i feel for gilbert man he's a family man and uh he got done dirty you know he could have stayed in his position and potentially been the backup for me and leon but you know now all the marbles have fell and you know he's out of the equation it's, it's sad to see man he get, he got sold the pipe dream by ali Abdelaziz. So
0: Dana said in the build and then sort of coming out of the fight that Bilal is getting the title shot next. 100% is what he keeps saying. He, when he's asked, a 100%. And you being in this position yourself where Dana continuously is asked about these types of situations and they're, he's saying 100% Colby's next, 100% Colby's next. Do you take Dana at his word with this situation that Bilal Muhammad will fight the winner of you and Leon Edwards next? Or do you feel like you're going to be fighting somebody else if you win that title?
1: There's always a lot of truth and honesty to everything Dana says. So I definitely take him at his word for what he says. But we know how the division changes and, and things change. It's all timing in this sport, Mike. So the timing's not right for him. You know, I'm guaranteed set in stone. I'm fighting for the undisputed world title in my next fight. So that's the only thing set in stone that I'm fighting for the title. So what's he going to do? Is he going to wait around for, you know, a year to wait for my, my title defense? No. You know, he's going to need to fight and to, to prove that he can set, sell and move the needle in this company. There's nothing interesting. There's no charisma about Bill Lyle, the racist. All there is about him is he's racist and he should be canceled. He shouldn't even be allowed to speak and have a platform. Because if you're going to spew hate and racism and divide in this country, that, that's not what we need in America right now. We need to come together. We need unity. And, you know, we need more equality. So it, it's sad that Bill Lyle had to go the racist route and call me just getting, deserving just because of the color of my skin.
0: I think he's in a pretty good spot right now personally, but I do think you there, you make a point that the timing could be tough. And that's why I hated this fight to begin with happening on this past card, because there's just so much time in between now. And when you fight for the belt and all the things that could happen in between and after, because once this ultimate fighter season drops from everything that I've heard, this is a, It is going to be electric between Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler. The build to that fight is going to be incredible. And if Conor and Chandler fight sometime in the neighborhood of when you fight Leon, if Conor wins that fight, there is no way he's not getting a title shot. Just no way after all of that, right? So, like, you might have a point here, especially if Conor wins, right? Like, if Conor wins, he's getting that title shot.
1: This company is about money. This, this company is about paper, my brother. If you don't bring paper to the table, if you don't draw a fucking business in this company, they're not going to hire you. They don't need you. So, you know, the UFC is about doing the big, biggest and best business and making money. This is a business, so we need to make money. So, you know, it's not anybody else's fault but the man in the mirror, the reason he doesn't sell and no one cares about him. He's not interesting and he just... You know, he makes fake claims and he says this and that. And it's just like, dude, you're beating a bunch of prelim guys. You're beating guys that aren't even in the UFC no more. Like, there's nothing special to what he's done. And and there's a reason the fans don't care about him, man. He's just, he's just, he's a racist and, you know, he's uninteresting.
0: Do you feel that at some point over the next year to 18 months, Bilal Muhammad will fight for the title? Or do you think he's just never going to fight for the title?
1: You know... I have no idea about Bill Lyle the racist career and his trajectory. You know, if he keeps saying racist things, I just don't know how much longer he'll be in the company, Mike. So he'll need to he need, he'll need to make a formal apology for that to to ever really get a title shot. But he hasn't walked that bad. He's not he's not sorry about it. You know, it's it's sad. I was hoping I was gonna see some sincerity out of him, but you know, he's nothing more than a racist and a piece of shit. And he's not fighting for a title anytime soon. Only King Kobe is Donald Trump's favorite fighter, the king of Miami, the people's champ, America's champ.
0: I wanted to ask you about this. I know you didn't watch it, but I'm, I'm sure you saw things that were going on. But the main event this past Saturday, Aljamain Sterling beats Henry Cejudo. Cejudo comes back after a three year layoff. Sterling gets the job done. I scored a 48-47 for Aljamain Sterling, and he has just been in the middle of one of the weirdest title runs of all time because he takes the the knee from Piotr Jan, wins the title via disqualification. Then he beat Jan in the rematch. The Dillashaw fight was really weird because Dillashaw had the shoulder injury and then Cejudo after the three-year layoff. And I just feel like Aljo will never get the credit he deserves in a lot of ways. And you've kind of been in that situation yourself. You're a guy who's had to talk a lot. You've had to hold signs outside to get fights that you wanted. And it just felt like on the way up, you never got the credit you deserve. And there's a chance, and there's probably some of that floating around now because Dana's saying you're the guy to get the title shot and everyone's saying, well, this dude hasn't fought in so long and he hasn't beat, you know, whatever they keep on saying. So with Aljo, what advice would you have for for somebody like that? Longest reigning, first fighter in Bantamweight history to defend his title three times in a row. He's got all these different records, but still isn't getting the credit he deserves. What what, what would you say if Aljo Bain Sterling called you right now and said, dude, like, what is up here? Why can I not get the the, the respect that I deserve and, and get put in the same categories as some of these other fighters in the sport right now.
1: Yeah. You know, I just tell, all just, 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 keep being you, you know, in, in due time, you know, people have no choice, but to respect you. When you keep proving them wrong and just keep silencing them, that that's the best revenge, you know, success is the best revenge. So, you know, he's just got to keep doing his thing. He's doing great things in the business and the company, you know, you know, he's done making history at that, in that division, the band of weight division. So, you know, I think he's doing just fine, Mike, and he's not really too worried about the, the haters right now. I think he's worried about, you know, how his bank
0: account looks. And what about Henry Cejudo? Says he might not fight again. Now he's saying, "Marab Rob, Rob Duwalsh, really, let's go fight. Uh, what did you think of him coming back? You know, you're a wrestler, obviously. Henry's an Olympic gold medalist wrestler. Him coming back, coming up a little bit short against Aljamain Sterling. What if he called you right now? What would you say to him?
1: i would. i wouldn't answer the call man he's he's uh dude the guy's. he's just too safe hey what's up coach good to see you bro. yeah I, w- I wouldn't i wouldn't answer i wouldn't give him advice because you know he's already tried to to copy and mimic me so much and, and watch my every move and you know i make a sandwich this certain way he's going to try and make the sandwich the same way so you know imitation is the, the most sincere form of flattery
0: fair enough and one more thing i wanted to ask you about um We've had conversations about a guy who used to be in your division, Mike Perry. Mike Perry now has transitioned to the bare knuckle world. And he it just seems like this is the thing for him. It seems like his personality has changed a little bit. He's becoming a star over there. He's becoming almost the face of bare knuckle. Mike Perry. Hey, what's
1: up? Uh, Good to see you, Javi. My brother.
0: Who? Mike Perry. Never heard of him. He's never heard of Mike Perry? He used
1: to. Oh, he used to. Why is he not there anymore? I don't know. You don't know. It wasn't because he's yeah, a loser, or was it because <laughs> did he get his nose busted in multiple times and knocked out and tapped out and beat up in every which way?
0: But now he's turned the corner in a different way. And I did not know if you've paying attention. Guys
1: fighting on the Indian reservation, Mike. <laughs> we came to talk about the biggest and best business, the UFC, the best organization in the entire world. We didn't come to talk about jobbers. We didn't come to talk about guys who don't even have, you know, paychecks anymore in the biggest and best organization. We came to talk big business, Mike. So come on, ask me a real question.
0: All right. Israel Adesanya, the middleweight champion of the world right now, gets the win over Alex Pereira. One of the last, I think actually the time before the, after you were the backup fighter, the time, it would have been a year since we had spoken. And we, ha- we had talked about you and Israel Adesanya. We were talking about you and Adesanya as a possible fight because the great Shail Sonnen put that out as an idea. That was like you thought to yourself, "Ooh, this is actually pretty good." But is that something you're still eyeing at some point? Like, let's go up to 185 and fight Adesanya because you feel like at some point he's going to move up to 205 and try to slay that dragon. But do you feel like you and Adesanya could get some business done before he does make that move?
1: Absolutely, I think that's a that's a huge fight, you know, and it's a, a fight of high magnitude. So. I like the matchup, to be honest. I just, I don't think he can hang with me. I think I take him down. I beat him from pillar to post and I just break him inside that octagon. He can't hang with the cardio king. And I've been doing extra in the cardio to get my bedroom cardio right. So, you know, he's not ready for Raw America's deal and twisted sex appeal. So, you know, I would love that fight. Champion versus champion, you know, USA versus wherever he's from, New Zealand or whatever. And, And, you know, let's get this going. But, you know, I don't think he wants to fight a high level wrestler like me, someone that can just, Keep up and be in his face the whole entire time. Pressure him. I'm not just going to shoot one takedown. I'm going to shoot 5,000 takedowns and be in your face and break you. So, you know, I I would love that fight. You know, if if that's what UFC wants to do, I'm here. I'm a company man. I'm a businessman. So I care about the company and whatever the company wants to do. I want to do the biggest and best company, biggest and best business for the company, the UFC, greatest organization in the world.
0: Oh. We appreciate your time as always, Colby. Uh, I, I, it looks like you're at the gym, so I don't want to take up any more of your time. You're I'm always. Uh, I'm you're
1: over. Not? I'm out here, I'm out here uh, showing support to the local community football players. Oh, damn. Okay. Hey, what's up, coach? Back, That's right. We've been in that fucking belt.
0: That's awesome.
1: <laughs> you got to try look at this. Up.
0: Look at this. Have, some, say hi.
1: Hey, how are you doing, coach? Guys. Coach, hey, how, how are yourself?
0: you? I'm doing great. Yeah. Yeah, he's all, he's always out here supporting us, man. It's been a
1: bless. We're, we're, we're the chaos crew. You know what I mean? West Broward Bobcats, what's up? Say what's up, West Broward Bobcats.
0: That's wild. Very cool. Yeah, man, been Coach, awesome. thank, you, thank you very much. All the best to you. And all the best to you, Colby. I appreciate the time. This is very, very cool. This is very, very cool.
1: Absolutely, man. I appreciate the time, too. And thanks for showing some spotlight on the local community, High School West Broward. And uh, let's go Bobcats. They're going to have a good football year this year. And God bless care. everybody in America. Yeah. Take care. God
0: bless. <laughs> More to dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all in one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this high quality leads, fast closing deals